Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. The other companion that I would like to share the biography with you is Al-Miqdad ibn Amr. Al-Miqdad was born 37 years before the Ba'tha of the Prophet, before Islam. So when the Prophet received revelation, he was 37. How old was the Prophet when he received revelation? 40. So he's three years younger than the Prophet Miqdad, he comes from the famous tribe of Qudha'a. The name of his father is Amr. They lived on the coast of the Red Sea. Now his father was well known for his courage and he had a temper. One day his father gets into a fight um, with a tribal leader or a tribal figure and he kills him. So to save his life, his father Amr leaves his tribe. He goes south to Yemen. He goes south to, to Yemen to the Hadramaut area, which is east of the city of Aden in Yemen. He marries a woman from the tribe of Kinda, the famous Yemeni tribe of Kinda. So when his father Amr marries that woman, Miqdad is born there. So he was born in Yemen. Now Miqdad, it seems that Initially, he was a little bit hot-headed like his dad. One day, he also gets into a skirmish with a tribal person and they get into a fight and that guy gets injured. So he fears that they're going to retaliate and seek revenge. So he leaves. He knew he wasn't also comfortable in Yemen because it wasn't like his original tribe. He leaves, where does he go to? Mecca. He goes to Mecca, but at the time there was a policy in Mecca that if you're not uh, a person of Mecca, you're considered a refugee. So you have to enter the protection of someone. So he enters the protection of who? Al-Aswad. Al-Aswad ibn Abd Yaghuth al-Zuhari or al-Zuhari. This man was a well-known Meccan figure. His name was Al-Aswad and he was a staunch enemy by the way of the Prophet So Miqdad goes under his protection. Al-Aswad basically becomes like his guardian and master. That's why historically you'll find that Miqdad, when they refer to him, what do they call him? Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad. Al-Aswad wasn't his biological father, he was his adopting father. So he goes under his protection, then the Prophet brings Islam. Miqdad kept hearing about Islam from Ammar ibn Yasir, from Bilal, from these early Muslims. And the religion of Islam settled in his heart. He was amongst the very early companions to become Muslim. But Miqdad feared that if he would declare his Islam, who would find out? His master. He would find out and Al-Aswad was tough. He was an enemy of the Prophet. He would kill him. So basically Al-Miqdad, he's patient. He doesn't openly declare his Islam until the Prophet migrates to Medina. When the Prophet migrates to Medina, he's now finding a desperate way to get to Medina. One day in the first year of the Hijrah, there is a war that's about to break out between the Muslims and the Mushrikeen. Abu Sufyan was leading the Mushrikeen. Of course the war didn't actually materialize, it was avoided. But Miqdad, he told the Meccans, I'm going to this war. What did they think? That he is with the Mushrikeen side because he had not openly declared his Islam. But that was a plot by him to escape Mecca and escape Al-Aswad. So he escaped then over there at the battlefield, before the battle started, of course the battle never happened, there were some shots of arrows exchanged. He deflects over there, 
he defects over there and he leaves the pagans and he joins the Muslims and he goes with them to the city of Medina. So when he goes to the city of Medina, initially in, or during those early days, he had the honor of being hosted by the Prophet because he had never, he, he didn't have a place to go. He was one of the best companions of the Prophet Whenever Muslims needed support, he would boost their morale. So for instance, at the battle of Badr, Muslims were only how many in number? 313. How many horses did they have? One. Who owned it? Miqdad. That's why he's called the first Faris in Islam, the first horseman in Islam. He was the only one who had a horse there. To their opposite side, the Mushrikeen, how many in number were they? Almost a thousand, 900 something. How many horses did they have? 100. How many camels did they have? 700. There was no match. So Muslims doubted their victory. What are we going to do? There's no way that we can, we can beat them. We're, we're one third their number, we have one horse, they have a hundred. Or some sources maybe indicate 70. It's no match for us. Miqdad he gets up and he mobilizes them in the presence of the Prophet and he tells him, Ya Rasulullah, we're not going to tell you what Bani Israel said to Musa when he told them in, in the story that the Quran mentions, go and liberate the city and fight. They said, Musa, you and your Lord go fight. We're going to sit here. We're not going to tell you that. We're going to tell you, Ya Rasulullah, we're going to fight along your side and we're going to defend you. And he boosted their morale and he mobilized them. He really brought joy to the hearts of Muslims and he made them feel that they can be victorious. Ibn Mas'ud, a companion of the Prophet, he says, there is one stance that Miqdad had. If I were given the universe or the world, anything that the sun shines upon, I would not be satisfied and happy as much as I would have been if I had the honor of being in that stance and position. And it's when Al-Miqdad said what he said at Badr and the Prophet's face illuminated and radiated with joy when Miqdad said that. And the Prophet did a special dua for Miqdad and he mentions that dua. He's like, I wish I had that. It's better for me than the entire world. So he was really close to the Prophet The Prophet would teach Miqdad how to even forgive your enemies. Once he tells the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, if one of the mushrikeen attacks me and he cuts my right arm. And then he says, I'm sorry, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, I'm a Muslim. Can I seek revenge from him? The Prophet said, no. He tells him, but I'm telling you, he cut my hand. The Prophet said, I'm telling you, no. You can't. As long as he's apologizing and he's saying that he's a Muslim, you have to let him go. This is how the Prophet trained his companions. You have to be very generous and you have to be very forgiving even with your enemies. He had the honor also of being called Haris Rasulullah, the protector of the Prophet because he was always on the lookout protecting the Holy Prophet he also narrates interesting incidents. I'll share with you one before we conclude. Al-Miqdad says, in one of the battles or skirmishes, I captured Al-Hakam ibn Kaysan. He was an enemy who had come to fight Muslims. I captured him as a prisoner of war. We took him to the Prophet 
Umar ibn al-Khattab said, let's kill him. You know, sometimes that's the time where he would show his courage. When some poor guy is captivated, not on the actual battlefield, when some poor guy is captured and he's uh, surrounded by Muslims, he showed his courage. Let's kill him. So Miqdad is narrating this. The Prophet didn't listen to Umar. He kept inviting him to Islam. Umar came to the Prophet, told him, Ya what are you doing? You basically, basically what he said, you're wasting your time. Just kill him and get rid of him. He came to fight us. The Prophet, you know, did not listen to him. Until Islam captured his heart. He loved the words of the Prophet and he became Muslim. Umar ibn al-Khattab says, I monitored Al-Hakam and I realized he became a true Muslim, a true believer. When everybody saw how Al-Hakam became a true believer, the Prophet came to them and he told them, which one's better now? What you wanted to do by killing him or what I did by guiding him? Had you killed him, first of all, that's not good, that's not merciful. Secondly, he would have gone to hell because he would have died as a mushrik unbeliever. Now Allah has given him guidance. See the beautiful way the Prophet used to teach his companions. And he actually became a shaheed and died during the time of the Prophet. What an honor. What an honor for Al-Hakam. So Al-Miqdad basically... It's not the father of Marwan, is it? Marwan Al-Hakam? Uh, no, no. This is a different Al-Hakam. This is a different person, yeah. So we see that Miqdad really had that um, special status. In fact, the Prophet is the one who married him off. He wanted to get married. He proposed to the daughter of Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, you know, a companion that the other schools of thought hold very highly. But he was an, uh, you know, he had a negative stance towards Imam Ali alayhi salam. So one day Abdul Rahman ibn Auf tells him, Miqdad, you're not married. You know, why? He tells him, okay, you know, can I propose to your daughter? I do want to get married. Are you willing? He takes that as an insult. I come from Quraysh, from the real Arab tribes, and you were um, an asylum seeker, a refugee who came to Mecca. You want me to give you my daughter? Get out of here. He insults him. Miqdad is heartbroken. The Prophet sees him heartbroken. So the Prophet tells him, what's the matter? He says, what happened with Abdul Rahman ibn Auf? The Prophet says, I'll take care of it. I'll marry you off. I'll, I'll arrange for you to get married. He thought maybe the Prophet's going to approach maybe, you know, a high-ranking companion. The Prophet said, I'll have you marry my own cousin, Zuba'a, the daughter of Zubair ibn Abdul Muttalib, the cousin of the Prophet. Imagine, look how the Prophet leads by example. He talks to her, she accepts, and he marries her. So Al-Miqdad has truly amazing stances in the religion of Islam and he was one of very few who stood with Amir al-Mu'mineen So Miqdad was one of those people at Saqifah who was looking at the eyes of Imam Ali and he was waiting for the signal. If the Imam would give him the signal, he would do anything for the Imam. He never turned against Imam Ali, he never turned against the Ahlul Bayt till the last day of his life when he died at the days of Uthman. Al-Miqdad was true to the Ahlul Bayt and he was a powerful warrior supporting Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib.